Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio. This is Tower and I'm here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page at warn-usa.com. You can find Warren Radio on USA.life, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Tumblr, Pure Social, Spreely, Linktree, and you can listen to our shows on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com where you can also download those shows to pass along to your friends. And you can find Warren Radio on the following website streamers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, Podchaser, and Verbal. And don't miss these posts on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Eye of the Lord upon the righteous. The eye of the Lord is upon those who hope in Him. This is relevant in America today. War within, battle of good and evil. There is a war within, in the hearts of men, good and evil. They fight one another for control. Enemies of the Messiah, did they know? Did they realize that this one indeed was the Messiah to come? And don't miss these posts on warn-usa.com. World Gospel, Perilous Times, Conflicts on Classic Warren Radio, World Gospel in Perilous Times. The Apostle Paul describes that the perilous times in the last days would be filled with evil men and women. Also, King of Babylon, Ode, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 21 on Battle Lines, a very prophetic section and one that Christians today can find hope in the fact of redemption and forgiveness. Be sure to go to warn or to danaglinsmith.com to sign up for the WIBR Warren radio newsletter. And you can also visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop where we feature Christian books and uh, as well as resources from our vision media and also the book by the watchman the rising it's a christian fiction thriller there's danger and intrigue dark forces plotting the nation is at risk can mac save the united states the rising details a takeover of america with dark forces that plot to bring the country into the globalist new order so be sure to pick up your the book, The Rising, by The Watchman, by going to danaglinsmith.com. And now I welcome in The Watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here on a Thursday. 
and it's springtime. Yeah, it is. So what's happening in the world today? Well, let's see. Apparently Nancy uh, Pelosi was hugging Joe because he, you know, they're, they're good buddies. So Dear God. He gave her a hug and apparently got too close and she wound up with COVID. So no one knows if she got it from Joe because he was the one that nestled up to her. But at least he wasn't smelling her hair, so I think she's going to ask okay. you if he was sniffing her hair. You know, <laughs> at any that's rate, pathetic, Dana. While the whole the they're, whole they're Biden administration is like something out of Wonderland. No, it's the Twilight Zone. No, I think it's more like Alice in Wonderland. Only Alice refused to show up. It's it's a nightmare. And of course the Mad Hatter's dressed as Joe Biden, so hmm. that's why people think it's not Joe Biden. I know. I don't know. The whole thing's a mess. Yes it is. I mean it couldn't get any goofier. I mean they're up there playing government while we've got you know a crisis the, going on around the world well, and especially in the nation well in our the, nation. the southern border it's not going to be too long and they said that they were getting they were going to get tens of thousands of people <clears throat> it's a scary thought i'll tell you and uh, down in texas they were uh doing a crisis response with the military down there yeah um, Governor Abbott's planning on busing him to the cap to Capitol Hill. Yeah, apparently he has the buses to send out. So yeah, as they come in, they're going up to D.C. Good. And then all they'll do is ship them out and around the country. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they'll do. It's it's a mess. Well, we got people that don't care. And, uh, you know, I, I, I frankly don't know. I don't know how people can, in all honesty, pretend that they are in our government and for us while they allow this kind of stuff to go on. Yep. This is the most. And, and of course, uh, the ACLJ is opposing it in court, and several states are. And uh, the ACLJ, when they file something... It's usually pretty strong. They they get results. Yeah. And so they're gonna. They've already filed that. So we'll just see how it all works out. But uh, it's a mess. Yes, it is. But I look to the Lord, and uh, really, honestly, I don't wake up every day, and you know. I'm not gonna worry. I'm not gonna worry. No. Um, I don't like it. Yeah, I, I don't like it. There's a lot of things I don't like. But uh, I look to the Lord, and he's my source. That's right. And that's all there is to it. And, and uh, that's the way it is. I mean, you know. And there's a lot of filth in this nation. There's a lot of godlessness going on. Oh, man. And there's a lot of people who are political, who are in high power, that refuse to... Uh, be fair in their judgments and justice, who refuse to clean up the mess or enforce justice. They refuse to stop all these kids from stealing and thieving and doing everything. Um, you know, just more excuses, liberalism, uh, you know, and those who want to push socialism. Uh, you've got those like Disney pushing all kinds of various radical um, stuff upon children. And, uh, you know, we've just got a lot of wicked, wicked things going on. Whether you like it or not, the bottom line of it is the Lord God is the governor of the nations. And he's he's going, he will take care of it. Amen. And you may not like it. But uh, as Isaiah mentions, and we covered this in our study these many, uh, several years, and that is, tell the righteous it will be well with him, and tell the wicked it shall be ill with him. 
Yeah, that's Isaiah chapter 3, verses 10 and 11, I believe. And then you can also go to Revelation 22, and you'll find more about the righteous and the wicked if you read that. And that the Lord says, I'm coming soon, and my reward is with me. So at any rate. I'm glad he's coming soon. Well, you know, when things begin to fall apart and go to hell, excuse the expression, but hell is a place. That's why I mentioned it. Well, and uh, you know things are going to be a problem. That's right, and and it's not going to be fun. But uh, you know, my conscience is clear, and uh, I don't fear. I'm going to stand before him. I ain't going to be shaking in fear. I'll be celebrating, jumping up and down to see him. I won't be hiding in the holes of the rocks and the caves. Saying, fall on me. Yeah. That's right. You do what you want to do. I'm going to stick to the word of God. Amen. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and do this. Okay. So tonight it's King of Israel, Isaiah's prophetic book, part 128. The power of the Lord God is found in history For instance, with his dealings with Egypt and Pharaoh, also with calling Cyrus, whom the pagan king did not know. All of it reveals the many-faceted powers of the Lord God and his righteousness among the nations of men, which meet in opposition to the will of God, which is to be completed despite men and nations. In these end-of-days, pompous nations, leaders, and the people themselves stand up proudly to defy this God, yet they shall be ashamed. And now back to you. Well, we've been uh, <coughs> talking about um, in, in the beginning of this uh, chapter 44, and uh, we see blessings, we see a lot of things happening here. And of course, we, we've been dealing with a lot of prophecies from Isaiah. Dealing with uh, Israel, I mean, from the start of the Assyrians to the captivity in Babylon to the coming and the calling of uh, Cyrus uh, to the Lord, uh, telling them why they need to believe and the Lord being just in and doing what he did to Judah. And we go through a lot of different uh, aspects of this. And we left all that behind. And last time we did Jezreel, and uh, which is uh, means itself. Uh, upright, a symbolic name for Israel. And you see, it's really important and because we see blessing that's going to be heaped upon uh, Judah now that they're coming out of captivity. And remember, these are prophecies. And uh, these things here, If you've been trapped in Babylon for 70 years, it might be hard to believe that God is remembering you again. But that's why you have the Word of God. And uh, the, one, the one point here is that if God sent, uh, number one, the northern tribes uh, and had uh, Assyria attack them and carry them away, and then, of course... Uh, there was a second attack by Assyria, by Sennacherib, and he failed, and they lost 150,000, I think it was, of their people. And Sennacherib was murdered in the house of his own god. And yet Judah was finally uh, carried away captive by Babylon and was in there for 70 years. And the bottom line of it is, for the nations of men, if they think that God has ignored their sins then they don't understand the phrase that the Lord is the governor of the nations. And the fact for America is, is that in the beginning, you know, we did have those that came here because of their faith. They had been persecuted. And they asked God's blessing on this nation, and and they're living here. At that time, they didn't know 
you know, exactly what the future was going to be. And it was really tough. But uh, all these years later, many, many years later, we're a nation that has seen great revivals and have uh, uh, had a Christian Judeo ethics throughout my childhood anyway. And uh, now we are more pagan, rebellious, a whole push for socialists. Uh, and everything else. I mean, we have fallen away. And, and if America thinks that, you know, they don't have anybody, you know, that is going to hold them accountable, they're wrong. And if God will send his own people into captivity or facing judgment, then this God is saying not only to America, to the nations of men, you will stand before me. I will hold you accountable. And that's the thing to remember in these things. And so when we get through several verses of Isaiah 44, we're we're seeing a change in tune from the judgment to the blessing and and what God will uh, do. And, uh, for instance, uh, they shall spring up as among the grasses, willows by the watercourses, uh, descriptive words and phrases uh, resembling, you know, bringing forth a point of, in order to uh, have grass and willows and watercourses, you got to have water and not drought. And in order to enjoy spring, in order to enjoy the green and the prosperity of where you're living, you got to have blessing and not cursing. And so we begin as a series of these change in tone. And uh, when we get down to... Um, about where we're going to be starting now, Isaiah uh, 44 and verse 5. Uh, it's important to note here that at the end of 44, where we're at now, it will finish with the last verse speaking of Cyrus, who is the Lord's uh, shepherd. And we're not talking of him as the Messiah, Yahshua. But we talk of him as the Lord Shepherd who God is going to use to bring his people out. And so it contains uh, special, uh, you know, prophecies and things concerning that that portion of this. And then when you get in chapter 45 um, and verse 1, it declares Cyrus to be his anointed. So you you see the transference here of from judgment to blessing and to Cyrus. And what this is pointing out is this is the one God has called for Jacob's sake. And and it does say that. And this call of, of Cyrus is, even though Cyrus has no clue as to who the Lord is. And God is going to use him, and he's going to use him for his purpose, for Jacob's sake. And uh, he is going to bring his people out. And so when we, we look at what his intent is, and we see where Judah is, and we see how strong Babylon is, the point of it is, is that God knows how, and even Peter talks about this, God knows how to deliver the righteous from the wicked. He knows how to get his people out at the same time initiating judgment on the wicked. Make no mistake about it. God can easily judge America and the wickedness here. And still bring out the righteous. And it does not mean that the righteous, uh, especially as Christians today, are not going to see, um, you know, martyrdom. But, uh, you know, we are in a war. A war for the souls of men. And in America, we are at war for the soul of America. And there is a whole bunch of misinformed young people, woke people... Uh, that have been spoiled for generations, who are taught by teachers who are spoiled the same way. And we have a skewed value of what righteousness is and what goodness is. And we have churches that have not preached the gospel, that have not preached the truth, that have neither been salt nor light. And so we have gotten to the point where when we look at the Laodicean church, I mean, that uh, there's seven churches in Revelation. And uh, we can easily find types f- for all seven of these. 
But the fact of the matter of it is, because America has been rich and so blessed, we, we fit more with the rich and in need of nothing, uh, thinking that we have plenty of everything, but we're wretched, poor, blind, and naked. And God can surely judge this nation and at the same time bring his people out. And, uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things, you know. The Lord said that I have 7,000 that have not bowed the knee to Baal. Uh, and he spoke that to Elijah concerning Israel. And you see, the thing of it is, is that there are Christians here. There are true believers here. And they have not bowed the knee to Baal or to some other God, or to some other uncleanness. And make no mistake about it. This is as much about righteousness and truth as it was in the days that we're talking about right now. Now in verse 5 it says, uh, One, and here, one shall say, I am the Lord's. Now the word one is zay, Z-E-H. It's a masculine pronoun, or a man shall say, I am the Lord's, and another shall call himself by the name of um, Jacob, and another shall subscribe with his hand unto the Lord, and surname himself by the name of Israel. And the thing of it is, is when we look at that word zay, Z-E-H, it refers to heathen. Uh, There's another word, when we say goy, or goyim, we think of heathen as well. These are the unbelievers. These are the ones that are basically people that uh, you know, people that are in the nations of men that just do not believe. And uh, uh, I am the Lord's, uh, is what one person will say. A person will declare himself belonging to Jehovah. And another will call himself by the name of Jacob. Um, and uh, it's the object of a very solemn exclamation, you know. Uh, really identifying with Jacob, and uh, and especially when we think of Jacob, we think of uh, uh, Judah, because Judah was one of the tribes, and it had been carried away, and now it's coming back. Another one would subscribe or record. This implies to write. In other words, he will write with his hand unto the Lord, uh, a grave, you know, this, if you're going to write it down and it puts in Lord, which is Jehovah here, it, it, <laughs> it means a lot. Subscribe himself unto the Lord. I mean, uh, to write, <laughs> that reminds me of an oath or to write anything. But, you know, when you, when you put something down, like even on legal materials, you have to write. And so they they write this as unto the Lord. And uh, another one says uh, he surnames himself by the name of Israel, uh, by an additional name, a flattering title. And you could easily say Jacob, uh, you know, uh, his hand done to uh, uh, cause himself by the name of Jacob and of Israel, for instance, uh, or the Lord God of Israel. You could uh, imply all three of those. Because what they are, it's just like today. We have several names, and they all mean something. Uh, and most Gentile nations don't really get into a lot of that, you know. But when you get back into the patriarchs, when you get into uh, how the Jewish people do it, the the Hebrews, uh, you you see a lot of ploy. Uh, I mean, a lot of uh, information by their names and. Uh, you know, when you look at the word Israel, for instance, it's the same way. They had power with God. And uh, it, they were the overcomer. They are the one that had power with God. And so, uh, you know, when we say the Lord God of Israel, it, it tells you that the power that Israel, for whatever they are, is because of the Lord God. And, uh, and so... Um, you know when when we look at Nehemiah 9:35 through 38 you know there's no doubt when they came out it, it took more than just one group of people to get them out but Nehemiah of course 
was one of those that was was down there and uh, he had gone down there and uh, verse 35 says for they have not served thee in their kingdom and in thy great goodness that thou gavest them and in large and in the large and fat land which thou gavest before them neither turned they from their wicked works Behold, we are servants this day, for the land that thou gavest unto our fathers to eat the fruit thereof and the good good thereof, behold, we are servants in it. And it yieldeth much increase unto the kings whom thou hast set over us because of our sins. Also they have dominion over our bodies and over our cattle at their pleasure, and we are in great distress. And because of all this we make a sure covenant and write it, our princes, Levites, and priests, to seal unto it. And... And see, that's that's what happened. And, you know, th- there was a lot of this resealing themselves unto the Lord God because he brought them back out. And uh, now one verse I like in Zechariah, and it has a lot of end time meaning for Israel, but it says, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd. And against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts, smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered, and I will turn my hand upon the little ones. And it shall come to pass on all the land, saith the Lord, two parts thereof shall be cut off and die, but the third shall be left therein. And I really see this when it comes to uh, a certain prophecy in the future. And I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined, will try them as gold is tried. And they shall call in my name and I will hear them and I will say it is my people and they shall say the Lord is my God. And see, even though when we look at this and and we can pinpoint this and look at this as as a future yet uh, prophecy, yet Israel coming out of Babylon, you know, they were ready you know, although they had to be taught by Ezra, they had to be taught about the law. They had to be taught what they needed to do because they'd spent so many years, you know, an entire generation. If we say 70 years, uh, that's a long time. And uh, so it is my people and they shall say the Lord is my God. I mean, we're talking commitment here. And you're talking about a people who who have had people set over it, as the previous scripture said. And the land had been worked, and a lot of times they would leave. When they took over land, they would leave the poor in the field. They would leave people, you know, the ones they conquered, and leave a king that they had set upon them. And, um, and they would do the work in the fields. And, you know, but... All the prophets thereof, everything, you know, wasn't theirs. They were servants. They they couldn't enjoy the fruits of the land. And so they had to do that for entire generation. And we're talking numerous, uh, you know, family would have grown up under that uh, until they got to the point where God was going to deliver them. So you've got an entirely new thing. So it's not, wouldn't be surprising, uh, even through Ezra, and uh, and when they were coming back, you know, not to mention Nehemiah, that they would recommit uh, themselves uh, to follow the Lord because they don't want to go back to where they came from. And, you know, y- y- you think of America. You know, America, you've been free for how many years? Uh, and now all of a sudden, all we've heard for, for 10 years You've been expanding your wickedness and your desires are corrupted and perverted and you you have corrupted the children and you've made them twofold more the child of hell than you yourselves are. Make no mistake about it. You know, we, we can't we can't sit here and look at Israel and judge Judah, you know, or even the northern tribes and say, Oh man, how could you do that? When we look at ourselves and we see how far we've fallen, and yet we, we've had more seminaries than any other nation. We have had more churches than any other nation. We've had more freedom to preach and teach and be a Christian than any other nation at any time in history, at, at any time. There's nobody else that's been this way. We've sent out more missionaries. You know, during World War II, if it wasn't for America getting in there, Hitler would have won. 
we rebuilt, helped to rebuild the entirety of Europe. Make no mistake about it. This, this land had been blessed, but we have forgotten. We have fallen away from the Lord. And you try to tell me how great we are and how far we're going to do, and you're going to change this into a democratic socialism. Well, i got news for you. You're cursed. You're a liar. You have no idea what you're talking about. You will never, ever make this nation into what it has been. Because this nation right now will either face repenting unto the Lord God or they will face judgment just like Judah did. And you'll be condemned and removed and you'll be forced to serve in servitude. And this nation will be a land of fire. It'll be a land of agony. It'll be a land which you wish you had never seen. And that'll be your own doing. Because you have sold yourselves through your own sins to your enemy. Now see, that's judgment. And it isn't pretty. And just like what they're doing with the southern border, they're inviting anybody to come, to come on up. And they're expecting hundreds of thousands of people to come in through the border. Right now there are legal processes to try to get it stopped. But the bottom line of it is, if the Lord God has overthrown this nation, there's nothing you're going to do to stop it. And by the time it's done, there ain't going to be enough left of America to say it's even America anymore. And those that inherit it, inherit it will inherit barbs. They'll inherit a curse. Because this land is cursed because of the bloodshed that you've committed. It's even more cursed because of the latest things that you're trying to enforce by killing babies 28 days beyond being birthed. That is blood guilt. And the blood guilt will cause the land to vomit you out of this land. These are all curses straight out of the book. It's time for America to wake up. It's time for them to throw off what they had. Now make no mistake about it, if you were thrown off, and if you did face this horrific judgment, and if you did go into captivity for 70 years, what do you think you would do when you got out? You would kiss the very ground of which you came to. You would be glad to see a rock in Israel. You'd be glad to see a weed in Israel. You'd be glad to come to the broken down remains of Jerusalem's wall. You'd be glad to walk over the temple that isn't there. You'd be glad just to be back there. Well, my friends, you don't know anything until you've lost everything. And then you understand what you've lost. And this is what the prophet is preaching or teaching or prophesying. And letting everybody know about what has happened. But it's also an encouragement. It says, yes, you sinned. Yes, you went into captivity. But God is bringing you out. Not because you're righteous. But for Jacob's sake. But for Israel's sake. I'm bringing you out. For my own name's sake. I'm bringing you out. I'm forgiving you. I'm restoring you. Now, see, the future of this, as we can see in Micah 4, 1 through 3. But in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountain and shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow into it. And many nations shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways. And we will walk in his paths, for the law shall go forth of Zion in the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among many nations, and rebuke strong nations far off. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. And nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. Now when we read verses like this, we see it during the millennium and the reign of the greater son of David, Yahshua, Jesus Christ. That's what we look for for a thousand years. And at the end of that time, after the devil rises up one more time and comes against the camp of God and they are destroyed, the Lord will lock up the devil for good. Make no mistake about it, then it'll be the end of time. And then there will be a new creation. But you see, today, as we look at all that, you can say, ah, oh, that, that's not going to come to pass. Well, I'll tell you one thing about Christianity that we learned really well, and that's hope. And I can tell you today, there are people that are coming from every kind of religion you could think of. 
And they're saying that we don't find no fulfillment. And then when God touches them, they realize the personal relationship. There's so much more. And you can't discern this physically. You can't know this just by being a human. You have to know it through the spirit. It, it's spiritually discerned. But yet in the midst of all this, as we look at Israel... We get to verse 6. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel. Now see, that's the title of today's study. The King of Israel. And his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. That's the Lord over all agencies, every powers. He's the host. You know, he, he's the host. He's the one that that created all the angels and they're at his command. He's the one who created the host of heaven. He's the one who created everything above the earth, beneath the earth, in the earth. He's He is the king. And he's the one that created Israel. He's the one that delivered Israel. He's the one that promised Israel. He's the one that's been with them since their birth. Since there were few in the land, he was there. And I got news for you. In the beginning of America, he was there with the first Christians who came to this land. Now, we're not Israel. But yet in Christ, we are Israel. We're not the only Israel. But we're part of that new covenant. But see, God is doing a new thing. But he's going to bring all under the same banner. Jew, Gentile, male, and female will all be one through Christ, Yahshua. So the Lord, the King of Israel, Jehovah, the King of Israel, his Redeemer, the Lord, Jehovah of hosts. He's the host. He's the Lord over all agencies. He's the Lord over all powers. He's the Lord over everything that's been created and everything's been created by him. He says, I am the first and the last, and besides me there is no God. In this one little verse, it says it all. There was nobody before him. I was the first, and there's nobody going to be after him. There's no other Savior, no other God. And it was just this week that I happened to see through our many social counts there's a preacher that says there's more than we and he's a Christian preacher has a lot of followers I forgot where he was at I was thinking TikTok but I don't know and he has a huge following and of course his message is there's more than one way to go to heaven and he is leading people down the wrong path and of course scripture does say there will be those who deny him who bought them you know the Lord God died for this guy he gave his life he bought his redemption through the blood atonement of Jesus Christ And yet this guy is denying him. Yet he claims to be a believer, a pastor, one who will lead people to the truth. Instead, he's leading them to darkness. And that's why so many follow him because, oh, wow, this is great. Yeah, it is great. You have a big following, you know, and everybody feels good, but it's leading you to hell. But see, people today don't want to talk about hell. They don't want to talk about these things. Well, I'm a watchman. I deal with tough things. Here, Jehovah, who is king of Israel, brings forth the fact that he's the redeemer, the Lord of hosts. He is the ever eternal one. He is the very first and the last. There's no other gods before him nor after. Besides, besides Jehovah, there is no God. There is nobody. Of course, the Lord Jehovah is the Jewish national name of the Lord. 
it's an amazing thing. Isaiah thirty three twenty two for the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, and the Lord is our king, he will save us. I like that. He will save us. In that verse alone, Jehovah is used three times. He's judge, lawgiver, and king, and savior. Isaiah 59:20 and the redeemer shall come to Zion and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob saith the Lord. The redeemer is going to come, a redeemer is going to come to Zion and unto them that who who turn from transgression in Jacob. There's one one person that I over the years I've come to see what he what he does and stands for he's a good guy he's honest he's a Jew but he's agnostic he doesn't believe in the Lord God anymore but he's a nice guy and he does good work and you would know who he is And I wouldn't even know that either, but he was uh, talking about something online not too long ago. And, and he said that that's what he was and what his belief was and how he dealt with others. All fair. Now, you see, my grandfather was an agnostic. He was an atheist. I don't know if he ever got saved or not. But he worked for the government. He kept the law, enforced the law. He was he was a nice guy. He was fair too. He was tough. I don't know why he didn't believe. Now his wife, my grandmother, was a Christian, Norwegian, Christian woman. And she imparted her faith to my dad, who imparted it to me. So I classify all the blessings I have that came through her and then through my dad. But you see, I still had to decide to serve the Lord. See, just like Israel, I went through a time when, you know, <laughs> I was out in the wilderness. <laughs> wandering around you know i i was in in rebellion you know we're all like that before we come to know him so when we see israel you understand that they they're going to do things that aren't right but god made allowance for them and one of the biggest mistakes, and they got carried away and lost Jerusalem, yet he brought them back. That's mercy. That's grace. That's forgiveness. And that shows you how great he is. And that's why I say continually that in judgment there is mercy. Now we pray, Father, in your judgment remember mercy. And for his judgment on America, I say, Lord, in, in your judgment remember mercy. Because I pray that this nation will turn around. But I knew and have known most of my life what would happen to America because I was told that. There's things that I was shown. And that's been tough to live with. In Matthew 25, I like this one too. The Lord has given a parable, but I just took one verse, and you should recognize it. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the earth. Another one I like in Revelation 1, because when you when you think of Yahshua, 
and you think of everything that he did on the cross, when you get to Revelation, it tells you everything you need to know about who he is and is and is here you meet the glorified Christ in his fullness. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you in peace. From him which is, which was, which is to come, from the seven spirits which are before the throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Behold, he comes with the clouds, and every eye shall see him. And also they, and they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, he says, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, which is to come, the Almighty. And so while we're looking at the at the verbiage in Isaiah, we look at the verbiage in Revelation where he says, I am the Almighty. And he said when he came that the Father had given everything into his hands. And Paul further talks about a lot of this in Corinthians about the kingdom and how he is going to put down all the enemies and the powers and then he's going to hand the kingdom back to the Father so that everything will be in the Father. And so it's an amazing thing when we see the whole thing. And so Isaiah, very, very prophetic, very, very ironic when we follow all the things that, I mean, this one prophet alone, Isaiah is a huge book. There is a lot of prophecies covering a lot of different areas. And some of the greatest prophecies we have in the Christian faith are found in Isaiah. And there's some tremendous prophecies concerning Israel. You know, Israel just isn't, you know, just a Hebrew. You know, you have Ishmael and Isaac. The promise went through Isaac. Yahshua, Jesus, came through Isaac. Ishmael. There's a lot of Ishmael today that make war against Israel and the Christians. But there's also, because of the Abrahamic covenant, the brotherhood of Abraham, there's a covenant between Ishmael and Isaac now. And that would be between Israel and some of the Arab nations who are Ishmael. That was done during the Trump administration. That's also very, very prophetic. And it's still going on today. But see, God uses men. He puts it in their hearts to do things. And that's what what came forth out of Trump's time. And very, 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 very important. In Isaiah 44, 7, it says, Who and who, as I, shall call and declare it, and set it in order for me? Since I appointed the ancient people, and the things that are coming and shall come, let them show unto them. He calls the end from the beginning. He declares things. He sets things in order. He brings things to pass. He called Abraham. He blessed Abraham. He told him ahead of time what was what was coming. That he was going, to, that his kin were going to spend a long time in another land, and it was going to be tough in the bat, in the latter end of it, going to be darkness, and that's why Abraham had the dream that of of the darkness it was so scary. It was God who brought him out. It was God that took him to Sinai. It was the Lord who led him around for forty years. And during that time, 
there were some of those who had sinned, gave a bad report, and they died in the desert. And the Lord said, I'm going to take your kids, and I'm going to lead them in there. And that's what he did. Moses, who had sinned, didn't even get into the promised land. Joshua and Caleb. Joshua led the way, and Caleb was there too. They were old men in that time. Then you have David and Solomon. You have so many who stood out. These are real lives, real people. And along the line, there was the prophecies telling of the coming of the Messiah. Now, see, when we got born, the Messiah had already come. And Christianity had blossomed through the Gentile world. But as with anything, it blossomed like Paul said, When I leave, many grievous wolves would enter in, not sparing the flock. And that's what happened. And we still have grievous wolves in the flock. And the Lord's going to have to clean the flock out. And he will. He's going to choose between the sheep and the goats. And so when I see Isaiah 44, 7, I do see how God worked in the, in the Bible and how he dealt with Israel. How he dealt also with Nineveh. How he dealt with Assyria and Babylon. But he also is dealing with the modern nations. He's already warned us what's to come. He's already told the Christians what's going to come. We have it. We have prophecies. We know what's coming. We also know how we overcome. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved their lives, not unto the death. We know that. The bottom line of this, there's nothing here that is easy. But see, it wasn't easy being Israel either. The northern tribes are still scattered, but the one thing that's going on in Israel, they have all kinds of Jews that are coming out of Ukraine and other areas that's close to it, getting back to Israel. Because there is a regathering of Israel. Both tribes will come together. Both tribes will be as one. This is the doing of the Lord. This has nothing to do with the nations of men. It doesn't matter what Putin does. It doesn't matter what America does. God has an agenda. It's going to be done. If he has Christians in America, if he has believers, if he has Jews that, that are here, he will get them out. He will find a way. If it's his purpose... He will deal with Israel. Israel faces a lot of things coming their way. But the Lord is still in, in, in charge. See, and, and that's, you know, God appointed the ancient people. Yeah, there are, there are ancient people. There's some of the ancient people alive today in, in, in America. <laughs> you know, they're up in their 85s, 90s, 100. You know, but we're talking really ancient people, going back to the beginning. The rule, the Lord rules all over, over all the natural world, the world, and He controls and rules history. I mean, without Him, there wouldn't be a history. You wouldn't need a history book. You wouldn't need geography. You wouldn't need scientists. You wouldn't even be wondered how the stars got there. But see. We do have science today, and we do have history, and they tell us that, you know, God didn't make everybody, but there was a first event. But they can't tell you what the first event was. We have smart, smart doctors, and I know some, and I know some of their work, and it's fantastic. But for them, everybody came from apes. That's not biblical. That's not the way it started. But because of their work's sake and who they are, I respect them. But the bottom line of it is, you're going to find out who the Creator is. You're going to find out who the Lord is. Because He's going to remake everything. And He doesn't need so some pompous carbon <laughs> person to tell Him that He doesn't exist. 
When I talk to agnostics or atheists, I just tell them, well, you will. You don't believe in God? You will. There's not an atheist in hell, I can tell you. There's not an agnostic in hell. There's not an unbeliever in hell, because they know now, but it's too late. But see, the whole point of this, here I shall call. I shall declare it. I shall set it in order for me since I appointed the ancient people and the things that are coming and shall come. Let them show unto them. You know, can you do what God did? Then get your butt up here and show us you created the nations. Show us what you did, loudmouth. And you're not going to be, you're not a savior. When you die, you're going to go into the dust. You're corrupted. The devil is corrupted. His minions are corrupted. There is only one God. There's only one reason today to really fear. And that is if you do not believe that God is here to help us. And this God is. And even though I'm in Isaiah, I'm in the old covenant, I can tie the old covenant to the new covenant. I can find Christ in the old testament. I can find Christ in the new testament. I can tell you that he's Alpha and Omega. Jesus Christ. Yesterday, today, and forever. But see, the bottom line of it is, the greatest part of this is how God dealt with Israel and brought them back. Of course, we know they eventually wound up cast into the world again. But see, they're back in the land now. See, that's the important part. They're back in the land. In spite of Hitler, in spite of what went on, they're back in the land. And as a Christian, I support them. I may not support all the stuff they do. But I support them. They have a right to be there. And I'm glad they're there. You know, one of the things I like when I'm talking about different gods and the unknown is Paul on Mars Hill. Acts 17.23. It's the whole section. He says, For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom ye therefore ye ignorantly worship. Him declare I unto you. I love that. You see, we represent the unknown God to many. He's here. And he had a son. He gave his son. He declared it. And the fact of it is, God is still in charge. Now, we're going to be at Isaiah 44, 8. You know, when you when you look at all of this, and I try to give you background and relate it to today, but these are some great, great stories. And the people of Israel are historic, and it's in the book. Father, we thank you for your word. Bless your word to those who have heard it whenever they do. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, from the preaching, teaching, receiving of this word in Jesus' name. Okay, Tower. Okay, here we are. Another show. And I, I for one, am very thankful that God is in control because he will be the victor and we are the victors through Christ we are I'm thankful and there's a lot of things ahead oh there is but I keep remembering and you brought it up tonight that scripture 
In Isaiah 3.10, Tell the righteous it will be well with them, for they'll, they will eat of the fruit of their doing. And, and, you know, even the apostles taught that. Yeah. You know, God is not mocked for whatsoever you sow, so shall ye reap. That's right. It's a scary thought being without the Lord in this day and age. Or any time, I guess. Well, y- y- one thing about it, y- you don't mess around with the Lord. That's right. <laughs> you know, he wants you to repent, repent. We got to get out of here. Okay. Good night, everybody. We love you. Stay safe. We pray for you, and we always hope the best for you in the Lord Jesus. Trust in him and look up, for your redemption draws nigh. Good night, everybody. Don't forget to go by our website, warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Till next time, shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warn Radio. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.